sometimes in sermon preparation, you're not quite sure where a message is coming from, and you're not quite sure for whom that message is intended, but you know that God is in it because he wants to speak to his people and he means to heal us. So it's in that spirit that I offer these words to you this morning because for the critic or the cynic, this kind of verse that I just read is a place where they love to try and pin Christians to the mat. First, depicting Christianity as a religion of legalism, how it is all just a bunch of self-righteous rules for us to follow with hell, fire, and brimstone eagerly awaiting those who don't comply. And then accusing Christians of rank hypocrisy, preaching about holding to the moral high ground on Sunday while practicing moral depravity Monday through Saturday, And all of that, all of that to paint a picture of a domineering yet capricious God that no one would want to serve. And if that's the image of God that a person has in his or her head, as so many people do, is it any wonder that the message the world offers seems so appealing? Love is love is love is love is love, they say, and it sounds so good, and it seems so liberating. Why serve a God of legalism when there is a world that offers me love, the kind that I can choose for myself, the kind that I can define, the kind that I can decide doing whatever I want whenever I want with whomever I want. After all, that's the epitome of freedom, right? I'm sorry, but no. No, it isn't. Now let's talk about why. For starters, if you don't believe in the kind of God that I have just described or accepted the kind of Christianity that I've just depicted, I have some very good news for you this morning. Neither do I. Neither do I. That's not who God is, and that's not how Christianity works. So let's look at things as they really are. You know this. Right now in our world, people are not at peace. They are not at peace. Now, I'm not this morning talking about the Ukrainian war, which is its own awful issue. Today, I'm talking about those who are living with exceeding anxiety and debilitating depression, the ones who are constantly teetering on the precipice of fatalism and the chasm of futility, and they are covering their pain with all kinds of addictive behaviors, and when it finally becomes more than they can bear, they're either killing it by suicide, or they are lashing out at others in equally harmful ways. This, my friends, is its own epidemic. Plain talk. 
It's happening to far too many people and most, if not all of us, have been affected by it one way or another. And I have to say this as plainly as I possibly can, that a primary source of the problem is this. There is simply a direct connection between a world that is causing great confusion and a people who are subjecting themselves to these demonic bondages of death. All of us, all of us have the same spiritual void in our lives. All of us have the same kind of hole in our heart and the question is only and simply this, how are we going to fill it? How are we gonna fill it? But again, let me be plain spoken, the choice is not between a world that is filled with love and a God who binds us to legalism. The choice is actually between a worldly and deadly appetite called lust and a God who is and who offers every one of us his own infinite and abiding love. The very nature of lust is that it takes. Impulsively lunging and grabbing after whatever it wants until it binds us in its tentacles and then it tries to kill us. But the reason so many people are numbing their pain and killing their bodies is not because they like being in bondage to lust, it's because they're seeking relief from the pain of it. No addict of any kind likes the way he or she feels after the fact. No perverted sexual conquest can cure the sickness of our soul. No amount of money can possibly paper over the hole that is in our heart. A very good friend and fellow clergyman once told me about his battle with alcoholism. He looked at me with the kind of intensity that you don't see very often. And he told me how he destroyed, destroyed anything and anyone who got in his way. All for the short-term relief of drowning himself at the bottom of the bottle until he had to do it again and again and again and again and again in his words until it nearly killed him. And then he said this to me, but not just so that I would understand the depth of the problem, but also to illustrate how crystal clear the choice was for him and for each and every one of us. That Christians are not subjected to slavery by a God of wrath who is just waiting for us to take one small step of disobedience so that he can hurl us into the pit of hell and say, see, I told you so. Rather, you know this, for God so loved, for God so loved, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end that all who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So now let's paint the picture of Christianity and God as it really is. My friend, finally broke free of his addiction to alcohol. 
He learned to love God and himself and others by a very specific process. And he became an incredibly vibrant witness for Jesus until his death a few years ago, full of life and energy and zeal with a true spring in his step and a gleam in his eye. And he talked to me about what made the difference in his life. He said it wasn't just admitting that he had a problem. He had done that time and 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 time again. But he said it was only in submitting, only in submitting himself to the process of healing that he found salvation. Now, if that sounds something like Alcoholics Anonymous, guess what? It's exactly like Alcoholics Anonymous. That's what it is. But guess what else? AA stole it straight from the Bible. They took their principles straight from the word of God. And so my friend talked about what it was like when he first went to AA. He said this, see if this sounds familiar or am I just preaching to myself? I don't need this stuff. That's just a bunch of rules. I can handle it. I got this. I got this. And it took him several tries before he finally said, I don't got this. It's got me. Sounds like a lot of people in how they think about Christianity, doesn't it? But then he said something finally clicked. He finally realized that in order to be saved, he had to surrender. He had to submit himself. Something in his heart and in his mind had to change in order for him to change. And lest you think this is simply free advertising for Alcoholics Anonymous, what I'm actually doing is talking to anyone and everyone who's struggling this morning, Christian and non-Christian alike. Any one of us, by the way, myself included from time to time, who tries to fill that God-shaped hole in our heart with something that can never satisfy us because it is not meant to. It's not meant to. So my dear friends, I don't know what you're struggling with this morning, but I do know this. We are all struggling with something and it's called sin. And in our common struggle with sin, we have a choice. And God has made this choice crystal clear. Either we can keep doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results, and I think we know what that's called, or we can try something else this time. We can actually give it over to God. Not just admitting that we have a problem over and over again, but actually submitting ourselves to the only one who can save us from it. Even Jesus Christ, who loves us so much that he laid down his life for us, that we might find in him freedom from lust and the fullness of love. Is the church full of hypocrites? 100%. If that surprises you, please see me after class. 
Only one person has ever lived a perfect life and his name is Jesus. The rest of us are a hot mess most of the time, if not all of the time. Does Christianity consist of a moral code? Yes. There are things that are good for us to do and there are things that are bad for us to do. But here's the thing about that. We're all going to follow rules. Either we're going to follow the ones that we make up on our own, and by the way, how's that working for you? Or we will follow the ones that God gives to us. Why? Because he loves us. That's what good parents do, isn't it? So that in loving submission to him who knows what's best for us because he loves us, we can find the forgiveness and the freedom that we so desperately crave. And guess what? The peace, as Jesus says, that the world cannot give because it does not have. Stop looking for peace in the world. You will not find it. It's not there. Now, the last thing I want to do this morning is get out of the way, actually, and invite Jesus in and allow him to do what he does best, because he says to us, come to me, all who labor, labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's his promise. If you're burdened and you will just bring it to him, he promises he will give you rest. So for the next couple of minutes, I simply want to create some space right now for him to meet us in a place of prayer. If you would kindly bow your heads in prayer with me. Come Holy Spirit. Fill this place and fill our hearts right now, right now, with your holy and life giving presence. Make yourself unmistakably known to each and every one of us in this room right now. Shine the light of your love into the darkest corners of our hearts. Show us that place or those places where we are struggling right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Find in us those places that we have hidden from you because we were too ashamed and the things that we have kept from you because we were too afraid. Lord, the burden and the baggage of our sin is too heavy and we cannot carry it. Help us, Lord, to realize that it's not enough just to keep admitting the problem but that healing and salvation comes in submitting ourselves to you fully. Help us to let go right now, Lord. And now by the power of your name, Jesus Christ, produce a healing work in us. May the merits and mercies of your love poured out for us on the cross always serve to remind us that you first loved us so that we can love you in return. And now, Lord Jesus, I pray, take from us 
those things that we haven't wanted to give you because we've been too embarrassed, too ashamed, too afraid, or too guilty. Show us how you can and will change us, even right now, even in the blink of an eye. And now, most holy Father, please do not let us leave this room this morning the same way we were when we walked in the door. But build in us, I pray, a testimony to your healing and reconciling love that we may show forth your praise to the ends of the earth. All this I ask through the great name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.